The Dot Connectors, brought to you by Omnia Global. Welcome back, everybody, for another episode. And this time, we decided to focus on a sector that has seen a huge amount of activity during the COVID period and indeed post-COVID, and that is the private aviation sector. And I had the absolute pleasure of talking to Vishal Hiramut, who is CEO of Jet Club, a private aviation business that is looking to change how and when people use private aviation. We had a fantastic, enlightening uh, discussion around his views on what is changing right now in the sector and what will change over the next year. Also around how the consumer-led behaviour is changing in terms of the types of people who are opting to fly privately. And finally, we talk about sustainability in the private aviation sector with some really interesting perspectives that are not otherwise known publicly around how private aviation is the place where actually sustainability in the aviation sector full stop is first trial before it then gets rolled out commercially. Some really interesting insight in this episode. So sit back and enjoy. Vishal. Welcome. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, I'm, I'm doing great. Awesome. And and uh, I always ask everybody the same question, probably because I'm British and that's all we talk about, the weather. Um, where are you in the world? Because it looks very, very nice to me. Well, right now I'm in Dubai. So the weather is perfect, uh, but, but I'm, I'm traveling quite often. So um, I'm happy to not be in cold weather in, in Europe or North America, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'm all right, Jack. <laughs> and interesting, you said to me the other day that it was raining in Dubai when we, we last had a chat, which I found fascinating. Is that a common occurrence or is that not? It's, no, it's it's not okay. common, but I think once a year there is there is rain for a few days and yeah it, it really cools down the temperature yeah, in Dubai and it's, it's hard to imagine right raining in the desert but yeah it happens it does it does anyway let's let's move on I'm delighted to be speaking to you today um, because you know you come at this not only from the private aviation perspective but also the travel industry perspective and you know I, for one, I am fully back into the world of I'm traveling, I'm obviously flying, you know, by usually commercial jet, but also, you know, trains, traveling, so forth. I want experiences and I'm looking to kind of find those connections again, which we all miss during COVID. Mm-hmm. What are, to your knowledge, sort of let's start off broad, sort of the, you know, in the last six months, what are the big changes that you have seen uh, in the travel industry when it comes to the travel experience that people are wanting? And then I guess on the flip side, not willing to put up with as well. Right. So I think that overall, uh, from a trend in terms of travel, let's let me address that first, is obviously, like you said, people wanted to make those, reestablish those connections. And we as humans I mean, you know, we are social animals and we want to connect. Uh, and so I think aviation, which is encouraging for all of us in the industry, has rebounded and people are getting on aircraft. Um, but during the pandemic, something very interesting happened. And then there were many people that used to fly, you know, like airlines, uh, first class, business class. And 
once the pandemic hit, obviously airlines uh, stopped flying. And then there was always this this question of safety, question of keeping yourself and your family uh, safe. And so there was this shift towards private aviation. Mm. So we saw uh, during the pandemic actually growth in our operations and our business, and we, we flew more. And a lot of people that were on the fence or, or maybe thinking that, you know what, I'm going to save some money and then maybe not fly private, um, suddenly thought that what's more important? Yeah. Health, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you lose health, it won't come back. If you lose money, maybe you can make it back. So, <laughs> so people started prioritizing quality of life and safety. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big trends we've seen. Uh, and then obviously, you know, the the with the with the um, I guess the surprise that airlines um, got w- w- was that the travel rebounded at such a fast pace that they were not prepared for it. Yeah. So you saw these long lines at airports. Uh, schedules were messed up. There was not you know people weren't hired. So so. What we're seeing now is, and, and I just had a meeting the the other day with a couple of uh, prospective clients. They've never flown private before, um, but what they said was, "Look, you know, I'm, I I want to." One one client wanted to take uh, his parents, who who are 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 regular you know dialysis patients. Oh gosh! So what he was saying was like, you know, I'm going through airlines. I don't know. I want to focus on quality of life now. Mm. So I want to have, you know, I want to use your service to be able to give them uh, a more, you know, safe and private uh, and, and convenient mm. option. So that that's what I, what we are seeing in, in, in our businesses. A lot more people now preferring to, 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 you know, to travel safely and in more comfort uh, and, and, you know, Unlike other luxury, let's say, let's call this, uh, if, if you will, a luxury industry. Unlike other luxury products, like let's say uh, you know, a, a sports car or a yacht, which is more leisure and yes. quote unquote, you could say it's a it's a toy, let's say. <laughs> but in private aviation, what we have seen is it's that's not what people consider it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they consider it as a business tool, a productivity tool. And now, after the pandemic, more of a safety and uh, and, and, and peace of mind. Mm, and it's interesting as you're talking because I think, as dare I say, it, sort of a, a citizen who just I wouldn't be in that realm, being you know bumped with you, but I would look at it as just purely a status tool. And what I'm hearing mm. is that, yeah, of course, look, there's going to be something for someone who goes, I'm flying private. You know, of course. Of course. Which is fine because if in life, this Mm -hmm. is just my view, if you've worked hard and you've got the means to, why not? You know, I think everybody would choose for for, for ease. And it's not, I'd say, all status. You know, they'd often look at it and go, it's just convenient. No one wants to stand Mm -hmm. in these long queues. And and, and it is an absolute nightmare at the moment. But I think, yeah, I'm hearing that it's much more the perception around private aviation has changed where people going... I don't care what it says about me. Actually, I've got a genuine reason behind it. And it's not just flipping exactly. spending of cash. I mean, bluntly, it wouldn't be nobody's business how you spend your money. But am I right in thinking that it's much more of a, of a, a tool now? It's not a, just a status thing. Absolutely. I mean, you're 100% correct. Because even the, the business model that we offer is, 
you know, where you you fly only the hours that you need. Yes. So you don't even have to buy your own plane. And a lot of people are actually very low profile, which is unlike what's shown in the movies and, and Instagram, you know, where celebrities are flying in their private jets. Most of our clients are very low profile and they don't care to show off. They just want to get to their destination in safety and privacy. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. It's, it's not, it's the opposite of a status symbol. It's more like, um, I want to improve my quality of life because time for me is most important. And I'd rather spend an evening with my family or, or my partner versus, um, you know, staying at a hotel or, or connecting with airlines. And if I have to pay more for that, I will. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, it's probably a terrible comparison, but it's the one that pings my head, you know, look at private health insurance, you know, particularly in the US, that that is your only route. But for me, sat in the UK, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I don't want to sit on a referral list. And actually, I will probably still, well, I will be seeing the same consultant who will also practice in the NHS, but it's speed, it's efficiency. And that, I mean, that's directly correlated with, with health. But you know, these flights I've gone on recently, I'm sure my health has been impacted by just the horrific experiences I've had. And, and I've missed entire times with my son as well, which, mm-hmm. you know, fine, they're only little, but actually it, it for me made me feel that the end of a trip didn't end as I wanted it to, which I think is important. But look, let, let's, yeah. um, we're in the aviation sector um, already, which is great because I wanted to talk to you about what is on offer, I guess, in, in in the mainstream? I think for me, I've taken a number of short haul. I've only taken one long haul flight at the moment. But if we just major on those short haul flights, you know, as you mentioned, you know, clients are, are saying how many hours they want and, you know, perhaps the, the flights are slightly shorter as well um, mm-hmm. through, through Jet Club. But I think, you know, we look at budget airlines, for instance, who operate on these, you know, short haul flights the expectation is much lower and we've spoken about the experience now and I think there is this sort of like it's it's not going to be great you know my partner he's for the first time going on and I'm not going to name them but that orange airline shall we say and I'm saying look I've got to manage your expectations here and he's like but why why is that the case why are you going to feel like you're having heart palpitations and you've only just sat down on the seat Mm-hmm. But what I find interesting is that, you know, we have that option, but actually the experience end to end, you know, the people getting on those flights aren't, yes, they're flying budget, but they're not necessarily having a budget experience when they land and, you know, get to their, their destination. And we've spoken about your type of clients here, but you seeing that kind of middle section of society, you have to use the orange airlines or the budget airlines, shall we say, going, actually, now I'm going to, you know, they, they were thinking private aviation is just way out of my reach it's not for me i'll just get on that flight and yes i might then be ending up in a five-star hotel for my trip but it's just what's on offer are you seeing that that section of society are now converting and going no not doing it anymore i'm going to fly private as well and that's you know families Mm -hmm. not just that that business dare i say it you know it's not just men but you know that what the movies are painted that businessman is it is it families now as well in that middle section of society Yes, yes. A lot of families, a lot of, we're seeing a lot of younger entrepreneurs who are more, um, more like, you know, they're low profile, they started their business, they bootstrapped it. And they were like, you know, uh, this, this makes sense to me. You have to, you have to obviously offer 
people the solution that makes sense to them in terms of financials, right? It, it, mm-hmm. I mean, if you really want to compare an airline trip versus a private jet, there's no comparison. No. I mean, it, in terms of math, you, there's no math you can do, no magic math that says private is cheaper than, and then airlines. But what is it that, that value of, of, of the intangible, right? The intangible experience, the safety, the peace of mind, the, the quality of the, the cabin, um, the, the, the pilots that will greet you personally, and, and you go through a separate private terminal where you can relax till your airplane is ready, and then you're taken to the jet. That, that, that kind of service is something, I, I, I would say something like, you know, someone who wants to stay at, a, I don't know, at a budget motel versus, say, you know, select Four Seasons. I mean, what's the difference? It's a room, right? But mm-hmm. there's a lot of other differences in terms of, in terms of your, your experience. So I think that, that, you know, to your point, we're seeing more people that are flying their families, mm-hmm. maybe their parents, uh, their children, uh, and th- they're like, you know what? I mean, airlines. Uh, I just can't. I just can't stand in line. I mean, look at all the queues that you had outside of Amsterdam Airport or or London, where you, you you land and you're in queue for two hours, and then security, and then oh, by the way, oh sorry, your airplane's canceled, and so now you have to sit sit in the airport. And it's it's productivity. I mean, imagine you're paying your CEO or, or senior executive a VP of marketing, uh, and and if you calculate their hourly cost, mm. it's cost to the company when you're sitting there in the airport, and you know not being as productive as hey you can get home next day, you can go and start start your meeting. Um, so so we're seeing both that that good mix of of families flying for health reasons, for comfort, for vacations. But also, also business. So it's a it's a good healthy mix. And I always say airlines are our best marketing tools because they always always screw up when it comes to you know service and schedules and and, and, and delays. That that a lot of people, if they could, they would yeah. fly private. Oh, and they do absolutely. And then that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I think you know, obviously, the media. I think there's a podcast that goes past where I don't talk about the role of the media, but I think we'll talk about sustainability later, but they just like to bash up everybody and mm-hmm. anything at the moment. It's doom and gloom. And, oh, yeah. and you know, yeah. and I saw a question, I go, yeah, like, actually, I think most people would if they could, hence they have private house, hence that, you know, on that car, they won't just have a car that can drive. They'll have the car that'll have the sat-nav. It will have heated seats. If you can, you will, you know, and that's just a of simple course, yeah. approach in life, you know, but it just, mm-hmm. I think private aviation just gets an absolute hammering like other other areas. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, let's look at consumer behavior that's actually driving it. It's not that you guys are going harder on your marketing and it's all very, dist- it's just consumers are going, I've had enough and for good reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we were getting a different experience in that kind of commercial airline place, maybe you wouldn't see that shift, but it's as you say it's really i think struggled to recover both from staff you know perspective with commercial airlines they never quite recruited the people who naturally went on and got other jobs during covid because they were all you know mm-hmm. completely completely kind of laid off or furloughed for so long i guess now you come in this with a slight mystery we've had a bit of a conversation now tell me about the business that you run jet club and what you're trying to disrupt in the private aviation sector 
Well, I think I think disruption is is or disruptor is. I, I think of it as a very often used mm. word by a lot of startups, right? Yes. And they love to use that. They love to call themselves disruptors. I, I feel that we are, um, it's very hard to, I think, have a disruptor model in business aviation mm-hmm. because it's such a regulated industry. There are certain rules and certain things that you have to you have to play in. But I still think that there is a lot of room for innovation. Mm-hmm. So I think that uh, you know we we came up with a model that was was I would say the smartest way to fly private. So you know we wanted to have this solution for clients that where you want to fly private, but you don't want to deal with the headaches and hassles of of buying a plane because of buying a plane is, I mean buying a car is not easy, but buying a plane mm-hmm. is even more of an hassle. And then, you know, there's this there's this funny saying in aviation that the best day for for owning a plane is the day you buy it, and then the day you sell it, because everything in between is is very very hard. I mean, you have to do the maintenance, you have to hire the right pilots, and then you have to manage the pilots and the maintenance department. You have to, um, you know, make sure all the regulations and paperwork is taken care of, the maintenance. So it's 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 a lot of hassle and a lot of headache and a lot of costs. And so if you're not flying the plane, then it's sitting on the ground, but you're still paying insurance on it and you're still paying your pilots and you're still paying the the parking and everything. So what 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 we and then, so that's one one spec one side of the spectrum, which is the ownership, full ownership, and then the other end of the spectrum is just charter, right? Renting as as you need mm-hmm. and as you want on demand and and with charter i think if you fly let's say you know maybe a, a flight a month or something it makes sense to just charter because yeah that that justifies the cost but with charter it's like it's like you're calling a, a an uber or a taxi and and you know many times you may not even know what type of car you're getting or what type of plane you get what type of service what type of safety standards they may have um and you know the, the maybe the cabin the carpet may be old or it's that experience varies. And a lot of times mm-hmm. these airplanes that are on the charter market are owned by individuals and they release the plane to go do a charter. So the owner has to approve it. And sometimes the owner may say, nope, I want to go fly myself. And so then oh. last minute, you know, the your broker ends up canceling your flight and then he has to scramble to go find another plane. So there's a lot of this kind of, inconsistency in service there's some good charter companies and then there's some bad ones so you know you have to you're not sure so what we wanted to offer is some kind of a very uh, financially smart way where you only buy or you acquire a share uh, of an aircraft so it's i like to compare it i mean what the the model that we 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 do is i like to compare it as a not exactly a timeshare but i would like to call it more of a subscription service Right. So mm-hmm. it's like a Netflix of private aviation, let's say, or an Amazon where, you know, you, you pay um, you pay a membership fee to to acquire the share in the aircraft or, or to lease a share. Um, and then you just pay a fixed monthly fee every month. And what that gets you is a guaranteed availability and mm-hmm. a certain booking period when you call. Uh, and say, hey, I want to go from A to B. That's all you have to say. There's nothing else that you need to do. You say, hey, I want to fly from here on this day, 
and you contact our own concierge team and you can request whatever catering you want or, or any drinks or coffee or, or um, ground transportation, maybe a pickup from your, from your uh, oh. place. And that's it. The rest is, is, is everything we do. You know, we'll, we'll position the aircraft, we'll position the pilots, we will uh, take care of all the, all the paperwork and the permits and everything. And then you just show up that day for your flight. So, so what we're trying to offer is this hassle-free, really financially smart way where you fly only what you need and uh, not have to deal with you know, what type of airplane I'm flying or what type of cabin or what safety standards, et cetera, et cetera, because we take care of all of, all of those aspects for you. And it sounds like you're really at, at the sweet spot of the the experience because yes somebody might go well if I'm going to go private I want everything you know to my liking mm-hmm. but actually as you say I think what people what I'm if without sounding stupid thought that you you know if you own it I didn't realize you just still have to pay people still have to pay you know and actually you're going well gosh that is a very expensive way it's not financially smart and yeah, if the, the, yeah. the times are moving that people are using raviation to be smart that kind of pure out-and-out ownership doesn't mm-hmm. work. The charter option, I think, will just add huge amounts of stress. Even if it doesn't get cancelled, I'd be sitting there panicking that there is still that risk and that would just be counterintuitive. Right, so that sweet right. spot, you're playing into the, the experience, but what you're saying is you're doing it in a smart way. You're not doing it in this kind of flippant fashion and it's just, it's 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 the sweet spot. Exactly, as I, as exactly. I interpret it. No, you're, you're right. It's I great. mean, you know, it's like you have access to a fleet of aircraft as well. So if you had your own aircraft, if it's in wow. maintenance, what do you do? You just wait or you don't fly. But if if you have a fleet of airplanes that you're you have access to, if if the plane that you have the membership on is flying some other owner or is is in maintenance, we'll bring another plane for you of the same yeah. type, of the same size. So to you it doesn't make a difference. And and I I feel that having talked to a lot of people that want to experience this service, they don't really care what type of airplane or or whether it's brand new or whether it's a few years old. It doesn't matter as long as the plane is safe to fly and the cabin is really well appointed and has good mm-hmm. quality, right? So it's the same as, I take the example of, you know, if you're flying, you know, any airline, if you have a favorite airline and you really don't care what whether it's a Boeing or an Airbus or it's a it's a, you know that model. You, you just want to know that your seat is nice and that the meal yeah. is good, right? So quite so that's that's kind of where we are trying to go towards is just offer the service with a consistent yeah. level, yeah. which makes sense. And I guess so. Sat where you're sat, you you would have studied both ends of the spectrum in the private aviation sector, and you know naturally for you to find the spot you're in, you would have had to have done a lot of observing, talking, listening. Mm-hmm. What do you therefore think um, is going to change in the private aviation sector? this year and and you could obviously break that down geographically because obviously you have the sister company in the US you're obviously from a european perspective there breaking it down geographically if that helps what what do you think will happen this year in the private aviation sector i think that i would say that there will be a little bit of a, of a return to normal levels of flying because during the pandemic it it just went uh, it, it it went berserk i mean there was there was a lot of demand, a lot of new people came in, 
And then because of that, um, the system was put under pressure. I mean, there were not, there's only a, so many airplanes to go around. Manufacturers were, can only deliver a certain number of airplanes and everyone wanted to buy. So there was a, there was a little bit of a churn in the industry in terms of, you know, pricing where pricing was just ridiculous. People were doing crazy things and trying to buy airplanes, trying to buy hours or trying to charter. So I think I see that that's died down a little bit in terms of the, the speculation aspect of things. And, and, but it's still, it's still grown. The industry has grown. There's more people that have, that have been added to, to private aviation. Um, but I see that it'll be steady growth this year, even though, even though, you know, there's talks of recession and things like that. I feel that people still have to travel and people still have to do business and people still want to grow yes. their business in spite of the recession. So, so I feel the U.S. obviously has always been the biggest market in the world and for, for aviation. So the U.S. will continue uh, to grow in this space. But I, I feel that there's, there's other regions where now, you know, we're focusing in Jet Club, which I think has, has, a, has, has high potential and promise, which is obviously Europe where it, it's going to grow. But if we offer the right solution, um, mm-hmm. because not many companies in Europe are, are offering the right combination of the smart pricing and the, and the, and the, and the private solutions. Uh, but I also feel, you know, areas like the Middle East with, with both UAE and Saudi Arabia growing really fast with the economies and opening up. Uh, and, and, you know, India, which is, which is growing really fast economically. And then in Southeast Asia, which is opening back up. And then we see, we see a lot of countries and a lot of regions uh, wanting to experience also the same private travel because traveling is not, not that easy in these regions where, the connectivity, you have to go to a hub airport and change flights to go somewhere else, eats up a lot of your time. And so people want to go point to point. And then I think I mean, if you look at infrastructure investment across the region in the Middle East, Asia, Europe, people are building airports. And yeah. so so I, I, I think it's, it, it's going to be a promising 2023 for aviation. Good. And we can't leave this podcast without sort of mentioning, and I don't even want to call it the elephant in the room. We have a duty across every everything and everywhere to talk about the sustainable element. And obviously, you know, years ago, people would just sort of blindly carry on. We are obviously now at the point where we're going, gosh, we do need to be mindful of how we're doing things. And, you know, I've had chats with Daniel, our CEO, many times where, again, the media and I think the world takes this either you're a really good person or you're a really terrible person in terms of what you do and how you do it. And, you know, the private aviation sector, again, I don't know the right answer to this, but, you know, obviously you've got commercial jet, bigger, more people, or you've got a private jet, smaller, less people. What What's better, what's worse? But, and you know, there are, we spoke about it, lots of innovations around sustainable aviation fuel going on in, in, in the sector and, you know, looking at hydrogen-powered you know, flights and so forth. But what I feel it, with certainly things like transport, where we can't just switch off things overnight because we don't have, firstly, the fully green, fully right solution. So you're going to get bashed up anyway because what you're doing is still going to have a, should we say, dark black element to it. It's not fully green. But I feel like, and I don't know what your thoughts are, that and the media, people focus on the transport element. What they don't do, particularly around travel, is go, okay, look, you know, that is a private jet. 
or you are going on a commercial airline, but actually what about your end-to-end carbon footprint? The minute you step out of your house to go on your holiday or on your trip, what about the vehicle you take? What about when you get to the destination and, you know, you eat in a certain place or, or you know, you look at... Clearly, you don't want to go too far, but you know, how are they recycling? Are they doing this in that particular, or is it like a, you know, they just don't care? I mean, what do you feel firstly that that does happen? That you know, the the, the private aviation sector gets sort of completely slandered, and people miss the point that it isn't just that end to end. It is that end to end experience that they need to focus on. But more importantly, can the private aviation sector actually get to these consumers, these clients, and go, hey? We know you're using private aviation, but do you think maybe let's look at the whole footprint on these trips that you take? Are they actually are the the operators in the private aviation sector the ones that can kind of influence the consumers, but still have the private jets because people still want and need them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think I think that uh, instead of looking at you know the nuance and and the and the bigger picture, yeah, people go with for the extremes because that's what is is clickbait, right? That's what generates mm-hmm. the news and that's it riles people up and it creates excitement. But I would say that if you look at the bigger picture, um, you know, aviation is way down the list of industries that are contributing to, let's say, carbon emissions, right? So that's the first clarification and, and I guess um, fact and not hyperbole, mm-hmm. but fact that that people should should consider is that is that everything is a cost and benefit, right? Everything is a cost benefit analysis. And the benefit of aviation is you're connecting people and you're growing business and commerce. So yeah, the downside is okay, yes, there is you know emissions from the aircraft. But if you look at the top emissions or the industries or the areas, I mean, you can go all the way from you know your plant-based, uh, eating and foods and 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 all these you know the, the meat processing all of that is is pretty high up there. You look at cars mm-hmm. and vans, shipping, and and yeah. and I mean you just go down the list and electricity. I mean even generating electricity costs carbon yeah. emissions because coal is being burned. So if you go all the way down the list, you know aviation is way down there at at about you know at, there's various figures that I've I've seen, but between three to you know, 5% or 7% of the global emissions, if you look at the whole basket, is aviation, right? And that's aviation, which includes everything, uh, including airlines. So business aviation is even a very, very small subset of that. So 2 to 3% off the 2 to 3% is, is what business aviation uh, is, is, is contributing. But having said that, Business aviation, aviation in general, are also at the forefront of, of, you know, innovation and leading. Because most of the new technologies, they first get introduced into the private aviation space. You know, if you uh-huh. if you look at a lot of technology in airliners today, whether it's like forward-looking uh, infrared cameras to help with safe landing, you know, at at night or, or in bad weather, the first innovations are done in the private aviation airplanes. Right. And and so then when it's proven, when the technology, the cost goes down, then it gets transferred to the airlines. And and so I would say that private aviation has a great role in and that is playing a great role in innovation, in, in being at the forefront of the tip of the spear for for innovations in, in, in 
emission reduction and, and like you talked about, sustainable aviation fuel is a, is a big push right now. A lot of airplanes and engines are certified. We as an operator would love to use um, sustainable aviation fuel if it was available more and if it's, you know, if the pricing harmonizes, right? So because in the end, yeah, everybody look, everybody wants to wants to be responsible from a from a carbon emitting standpoint. But when it impacts, you know, how much they pay for it, then you know, mm. then it, it the, the real the real commitment comes Point. through. So so I think I think it'll get there. Yeah. We will get there. But like everything else, it takes it takes time. I mean getting to electric cars took many, many years. Um, mm-hmm. So, apart from the stable aviation fuel, like you said, you know the hydrogen-powered airplanes are, have started to fly. Uh, testing, obviously, and then battery-powered electric aircraft as well. Yes. Um, there was one airplane that took its first flight recently, and uh, we ourselves, you know, we we, we placed an order for uh, these small electric commuter airplanes. Uh, from a company called Bioaerospace that makes these these uh, single-engine electric airplanes, trainer aircraft, and, and they have plans to introduce these short-range business aircraft. So we, we, we went ahead and made the commitment, and these were not like, you know, marketing commitments. These are solid commitments with deposits because at some point, this is how it will start, right? You start with the mm-hmm. short-range, short-haul, maybe one-hour flights, and then when the safety and the uh, you know the economics starts working, then you go to the bigger planes. So yeah. I think it's a it's a balanced approach. But I feel that you know if if you target private aviation, then you're you're basically you're taking an axe to your own foot because it's private aviation that's kind of driving this innovation with technology uh, and and you know sustainable uses for flying. So. I, I feel I feel you know good about. It. I mean you know in the end you can't please everybody and there's there's you'll always get bashed and they'll always get criticized because it's an easy target, right? Um, but you know you just forge ahead. Quite and and I, that's fascinating to know that it's trial first in private aviation sector actually, which again I think there's just a bit of a perception shift. If I were to sort of think about 2023, we kind of come out of that, everyone rushing to use private aviation through COVID, and now it's kind of everybody's sort of settling down. Actually, is there going to be a change of lens on how private aviation is viewed? And, you know, if there's enough of a consumer shift, then the media have to shift, and it isn't this bashing that they like to do. It's Mm -hmm. like, actually, that kind of is a smart way of working. And, and, And I think, you know, we're never going to be 100 billion percent right at anything in life. And there's just not, you know, the infrastructure, the means to get there right here, right now. But the steps are being taken. And I think what's interesting is you know, your your decision to kind of diversify in terms of what you're going to offer is key. Because if you're centred all around this experience about being smart, then there will be that conscious traveller. And it isn't this again, sorry, cliche, you know, businessman in a suit who just wants to look cool and and be a bit flashy. It is that person going, this is smart. And if it's smart, it can't just be financially smart because also, you know, you're still going to have what we call the keeping up the Joneses where you go, I'm flying, you know, from what for me would be big and hill, you know, on a private jet and people go, Oh, okay. And there will be that, that's not very sort of eco-conscious perhaps reaction. So if they're going to make a smart decision, they don't want to look silly off the back Mm -hmm. of that as well. So I think, for brands in this space to diversify and say, 
hey, we're going to take those steps so that the experience is, it's, you know, it's thought of from a 360 perspective, not just it's financially viable. So I'm really excited to see where it will go. And I'd, I'd be really interested also to see if commercial airlines start to reconfigure how much space is allocated to upper and first class. Is that going to reduce because of this change in private aviation? And they're going to stick, you know, more premium economy and kind of market that up, which bluntly is not really much more than just a you know, mm-hmm. bit more space, isn't it? But that, I think the knock-on effect would be very interesting to see. Yep. But Vishal, it has been fascinating talking to you. And um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. And listeners, remember to rate, review and subscribe and we'll catch you next time.